healthcare. It happens here, and it finishes here. Two men enter, one man leaves. Nearly a two-word review just said, shit sandwich. I will roll the record up to the last minute. Welcome back to the Basement Fellow Music Lovers. You are now tuned in to yet another exciting adventure with us here on Chunky Glasses Podcast. I am your host, Kevin, as usual, and we are going to keep this short and sweet. I'm going to be turning... This whole shebang over to my good friend, Mr. Marcus K. Dowling here for the next hour or so. Uh, and you say, whoa, what's going on? This is different. Uh, yeah. You uh, Eduardo did a great interview with Andrea Avery last year. And, and I always encourage everybody on our team to get out and, and do uh, these, these sort of one-on-one interviews, these different voices. I think different voices are important. This entire podcast, this whole shebang, is about... The conversation around music it can't just be us or a set number of groups like the country panel or the jazz panel. Um, you need you need very distinct uh, perspectives on this, and Mr. Mr. Dowling has one of the most. He has been uh, sort of obsessed with the crossover, the intersection of country and hip-hop lately. He wrote a great article uh, for Vice about that, and, and so this band Gangster Grass does exactly that. He reached out to him. I hadn't heard him. He said, hey, can we do this? Yeah, let's do this. He reached out to him. Uh, They came to hang out in the basement. And literally, uh, Wrench and and our son came after soundcheck before they hit the stage. They literally left here maybe 30 minutes before they hit the stage. So uh, big thanks to them for taking the time to do this. But it all turned out well. It's a great conversation uh, that that I, for once, was not a part of. And and that (laughs) was quite refreshing. Maybe it's quite refreshing for you. I don't know. At any rate, that's what we're doing. So uh, get ready, get prepared. Here, Marcus talking to uh, the great gentleman of Gangsta Grass. And stick around to the end. I'm going to come back after you sat down with these guys. And I'm going to play a Gangsta Grass track. So that's it. You ready to head into the basement? Three, two, one. Let's go. outskirts of country um my dad was a big fan of uh my dad was a big uh charlie daniels guy um he loved jim croce and that was kind of like the the the, the outliers where I right was i was gonna say but so that's like, but, that's but, like a folk rock but he country. used to do a lot of he used to do a lot of uh uh he was a big kenny rogers fan a big dolly parton fan right so right. i was like i said i was on the on the outskirts of it and then um when Dolio, the, the other MC, he reached out to me uh, about hitting the road with with Wrench. I, you know, I did a little bit of research. Was like, all right, sure, <laughs> you know what I mean. And it was just like we met. I literally met Wrench fifteen minutes before our first show. Mm-hmm. Amazing. I heard a couple of joints. Uh, got up on stage, rhymed over a couple of things, and then that night we did a show in Philly. That night, I got in a van with him and four other cats and drove down to North Carolina. 
which I wouldn't recommend for most people. <laughs> I was gonna say right, like that's, most that's cats I know, I, I would not recommend you know just meeting four random strange white dudes and getting in a van with them. But <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm a relatively big dude; I can pull that kind of stuff off. Right, but so, it was amazing. Yeah. It was absolutely so fantastic. Where, where did you? Where were you raised? I'm Philly born and raised, man. Okay, Philly yeah. born and raised. Yes, so, sir. All right, this is good because I'm from DC, yeah. born and raised. So there's a thing about, I guess, like pop culture when we were coming up, where. The the exposure to country it is for you as well, Rich. The exposure to country was ubiquitous, no matter what you know, race, creed, color, whatever you were. Like, if you could talk about that, because we talk about it a lot on the podcast about like growing up in eighties and like Dolly Parton and Kenny Rogers being pop cultural Yo, icons. Islands in the stream, son. Yeah, right. That is what we are. I used to love that record. I don't know why. I well, really, I mean, but, it's a it's a it's a soul record. It was dope. Yeah, right. right? <laughs> it was it was dope. And Kenny, like Kenny Rogers. Was one of them dude like he told great stories, his voice was dope. Like, all right, cool. I can listen to some Kenny Rogers. Why not? Right. Um, and that was like I said, that was my dad's thing. And my mom, you know, on the uh, completely other side of the spectrum, was very much into like a lot of soul and funk and stuff like that. And, but my brother, my big brother, got really I mean into hip hop. So right. I had all this coming from all these different directions. So it just sort of this just sort of worked out. You know what I mean? Right. So it was just kind of yeah good. So as far as working as like a live act mm-hmm. um i want to talk about the importance of breakbeats in all of this mm-hmm. because i feel like that's the connective here in this conversation so like working as a producer trying to like yeah. find that's, the that's, breaks that fit within in, these well because like country yeah. to me there was well-defined melodic structure mm-hmm. in country and like, if you listen to like the the, the stuff that Conway Twitty does with Loretta Lynn and stuff like uh-huh. that, sure. like those breaks are like actual breaks. Like if mm-hmm. you took the like Louisiana Woman Mississippi Man. Oh man, that's funky. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like if you just yeah. separated yeah the break oh, for sure. You could you could he could rap over yeah. that. I don't know if you've heard that before. Probably, but I don't know. Okay, yeah, him. it's a, the the break is like beyond. Yeah, funky. Yeah, it's I, crazy. So I kind of feel like. There were certain musicians that knew that had like some sort of weird future sense. So they would just like in the midst of making a song, they would just leave a piece there because they knew somebody was going to at some point like, I'm just going to snatch that and loop it. Like it just feels that way. There's just some stuff that just feels so so perfect. So especially even in country then, when you hear like those kind of breaks, like it's part. Yeah, it it just works. You know what I mean? Um, One of the great things that I always tell people when we when we're talking about this kind of stuff is that for the most part when you're dealing with a lot of a lot of hip hop especially the the hip hop I came up with most of it is just breakbeats and and loops right? right so when you're dealing with what we're doing instead of having a a, a sampled loop you got breakbeats and live instruments it's the same it's you know the, the, the same concept mm-hmm. just with a little bit of you know a little twang here or a little you know whatever else there but it's conceptually the same right so wrench for you as a producer, working with a lot of the stuff I was listening to the uh, the last album you guys put out, and putting together those breaks in a way that is conducive to kind of like, again, respecting the melody, but at the same time also understanding the talent of the artist that you're working with mm-hmm. as vocalists on any level, whether the rappers or you know people who are singing hooks for you for whatever. Just wanted to ask about that, mm-hmm. and how do you create that hybrid? Mm-hmm. Like with with yeah. creating respect for both genres. Yeah, and the beats are pretty central for me because my one of my main roles 
in it as a is as a producer and right. coming at it as a hip hop producer who was making beats for MCs as you know before I was even doing this right and so for me I always loved those break beats so you're always going to hear that in gangster rest tracks it's not acoustic drums it's going to be it's going to be loops right um, and, and working on those kind of sounds because because that's something that I I love and that's at the heart of it and for me the vision is definitely having those sounds that you can get with the samples where you just have that that thumping kick or that really crisp snare or claps right. or whatever and and then fitting fitting the rhythm of the bluegrass instruments on top of so that like, and that was when i started listening to bluegrass and not just honky tonk and i was listening to to this stuff from the 70s and and bluegrass traditionally is no drums right i was gonna but say the, right. but the yeah. instruments so the instruments are very rhythmic right to keep that tight yeah and that's where i could hear like how much room there was to add the sample beat underneath that right so in that case, like with some again, like so, bluegrass is is traditionally you know not supposed to have that that drum in there. Mm-hmm. So when you're trying to add that drum, mm-hmm. like where do you think about spatially? Like I know this is maybe too much inside baseball, but I feel no, like it's something well, that's I mean, part of the conversation. Like I feel it's an important part of the conversation. There's where you're a couple to ways to go with it, and the main one that the I modernization do, of country in some way. The yeah. main way I go with it is more from the from like a hip hop tempo. Which is a little more down tempo. Yeah, I was gonna say because you know, the, the bluegrass kind of has to slow down to to fit in that. Because no, I was gonna say because because cool. bluegrass moves at a faster tempo. Yeah, yeah. Than yeah. the average, like yeah. So we might have like one or two songs in each album where we where we go on the fast tempo and we let the the bluegrass sort of let yeah. it out a little bit or right. kind of do that double time thing. Yeah. So for you, yes. As far as when you're writing to this stuff. Where you're thinking about like what you're going to be, you know, saying on these records. Um, a lot of it depends on what we've decided the record is going to be. So right. in some cases, what we'll do is we'll take, you know, we'll, we'll take a, a, a song idea like uh, the song "Never Go Home Again" yeah. that written that Dan wrote, uh, Dan White, our banjo player. Uh, that was a specific concept, right? And so we, you know, we sort of wrote to that idea and then told that story. Um, Long Gray River, again, a specific concept, so I wrote to that story. But right. then Peaches um, was just me, just just bars. You right. Know? Mm-hmm. And so it, it, a lot of it just depends on what we're going to do for that particular track. The other thing is um, when a lot of that stuff that, that people have heard on the albums, you'll never hear at a show because... You know, there are different verses that that we'll use live. Some of the stuff I'm doing off the head. Right. So it it, it behooves people that if you come to the show, get the album because then you're getting a whole different experience. Okay. So I wanted to ask also about, are you inspired by country songwriters? And, um, and because because it, there's an idiomatic thing again. Don't want to get too inside baseball, but no, again, no, it's no, a no, thing no, that no, like no, I feel it. like I feel like there's a deeper conversation needs to be had about this because I feel like there's a thing that you guys do that like really is actually deep to best understand it you have to break it down and look at it like you know look at like the 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 molecules of it and when you look at like the great country singers Mm -hmm. and these great country songwriters they write for a certain idiom a certain space a certain cultural history and understanding and then you have being a hip-hop singer songwriter rapper Mm -hmm. creator and you come from sometimes a similar, yeah, 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 and sometimes a wholly different creative space to the music. And I wanted to ask about that because I feel like that's a thing that 
to me unifies the two genres. Yeah, one of the one of the great benefits that 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 I have as an MC is that I can go a little bit broader, right? In in what I'm writing, so a lot of it is very you know braggadocious sort of I'm this dope sort of thing, right? Which I love to do, um, but you know I still can also sort of dip into the well of storytelling and and you know whatever. Uh, whatever kind of story we're trying to tell for a particular track or whatever direction we want to go, uh, you can go in a lot of different directions. And I think right. that uh, it's one of the benefits of of doing this in that um, because hip hop, from a songwriting standpoint, is so broad and you can tell you can tell any story you want. Right. But I feel like culturally, there's a space where people go, "You can't go there." Like, look at like I can do what I want. So, well, <laughs> I can do whatever I want. Good, but I mean, I'm talking about not from your standpoint. Well, but like, from the standpoint of of the listener consumer, when yeah, it's like, well, what, what I'm saying is, right. I I can do any of this stuff, and it's up to them to sort of let go of whatever prejudices they have about their own music and say, right. "Well, this music has to be like this, and this music has to be like this." You right. know, I I've written songs about. You know, bank robberies and intergalactic MC battles. So you can do any sort of thing um, within hip hop. And so the, the the great thing about this is that about this is being able to put that that ability into a into a space that didn't have it before. Right. And so you know, I would I would love to do. I did a song called War of the Words. That's an intergalactic MC battle. If I do the sequel to that on a gangster grass track. <laughs> It's doable because, oh, yeah. you know, you just have to sort of accept that that's how that's what we're doing. Our Dovro player c- creates these amazing sounds with her with her kit that would be perfect for that. You know what I'm saying? Right. And so it, it's up to people to really sort of let go of what they hold on to. I'm in the process of that myself. I'm a I'm a 90s boom bap <laughs> kid. Right. And right. there's a lot of in my head, a lot of stuff that I can't really get down with. And I'm in the process of sort of letting go of it and just accepting that it's all hip hop. Whether or not I like it, it's all hip hop. So whatever I'm doing, whenever I'm introducing this into into a bluegrass realm, um, accept that this is what we're doing and just listen to and find what's dope in it. Right. So then speaking about, I guess, for both of you, like the idea of country music in the modern era, Mm -hmm. accepting of so many genres and the kind of like square peg round hole narrative that's been created out of that. Like having been, been doing this for like well over a decade at this point. Do you feel a level of comfort now with it where just like this is normal where like, yeah. And, yeah, and that's and, and kind of what it is. I think we're right on the, on the, on the edge of going past that where we've put out four albums now of like this is bluegrass and hip hop together <laughs> right this is the quint like with the sound of that right to where we can be like okay we like we've done that we don't have to prove anything because we put out four albums of that that's solid and now like if we bring in like other stuff and go in other directions just to explore like we don't have to worry about like oh but you know we're supposed to be bluegrass hip-hop like sometimes when you bring together two things it makes a new thing right and that's what we're starting to to like open up to is like he said the dobro player bringing in these different sounds that aren't even bluegrass sounds she's like yeah using her dobro to do like psychedelic indie rock stuff on things and and you know i can i can get more 
uh, exploration in the beach to be a little more trip hop, which I'm also into. And there's all kinds of things that we're going to bring to it to just sort of like be like, this isn't like our like 50 50, you know, formula yeah. from before. This right. is just like coming up with a whole new synthesis that's something even different than both. And the great thing about it is that um, having having been the, the quite literally the creators of this, because, you know, you have this sort of weird country rap thing that exists uh and and you know some of it's very very dope and we've met some very very dope cats and then you have the uh the 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 brad and ll joan that wasn't so dope right <laughs> yeah you know shout out to ll you know I, ll's you know one of the goats but you know sometimes when you try to force it it doesn't always work but when you blend it when you when you take the the things of those of whatever pieces you're using and and meld them, it'll work. Right. So I wanted to ask about nuance then, because I yeah, think that that's for sure. I think that's the key to a lot of this. And I think that's one of those things that where modern country is headed right now. It's a lot of this lacks the nuance. Like it's like you take two very like block. Mm-hmm. Yeah, blocky things that you right. smash them together, and like, whatever the I don't know if you saw last year the, the guy that, that created the the mashup of like those seven country hit songs that all had the same structure right. and the yeah. same kind of thing, and the, there is that that's happening if you're looking at like Nashville pop yeah. country, but there's a bunch of stuff under the surface that's bubbling up of people getting around that. I mean Sturgill Simpson, yeah, like doing say, right. his own thing on that and getting huge with it, and I and we love that. I mean, right, we, we we have a lot of friends out there that. Like the Whiskey Shivers and Michaela Ann, we, we we cross paths with a lot of country musicians that are not even striving to be that pop Nashville thing, and they're right. like going for the, for the real deal, like creating some 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 real gritty country music. Right. So I just wanted to like so when you when you're like so you send you know you you send Randy a beat and you're like okay, mm-hmm. this is what I've got. Sort of kind of like mm-hmm. this general melody. So say, say something like trying to think of something from your catalog that you would have been on. I'm not 100% sure that you were on the John Henry. No, nah, that was uh, all Soul Connor. He murdered Okay, yeah. so, so something like that. So, uh-huh. so something like that. When you hear something, okay, so say that you're sent something that's like a cover of a popular song uh-huh. in country sure. history and folklore. Right. And so like when we did Will the Circle Be Unbroken. Yes. Yeah. So you have this thing. You're like, okay. Mm-hmm. So you're taking one thing that's very known and another thing that's very known. And because of the way that it's created, it's, it's come from, it comes from this third space. Mm-hmm. So there's space four, it's space five, it's space six. If, this is, if that makes sense. I should be going. Yeah, yeah. You have all these paths. How do you choose which one to go into? Because I think that's the, I think that's the true definition of nuance, is knowing of all of these paths that open, uh-huh. when, you take all of these, when you take these two very boxy things, but you uh-huh. massage them, and then a third thing kind of emerges, uh-huh. like looking around all of that, because you can't go right there. Right. Because that's the thing, because that's like, that's the big nasty thing that you don't necessarily want to get into. But you want to kind of feel around and figure out like, you know, where you can uniquely fit. Well, I think if your vision is to do something with nuance, you just have to follow your gut towards it. You know, I think the, the problem is that like any idea could be done well with nuance or it could be done badly. You right. Know? Yeah, so, exactly. So, you know, bluegrass hip hop, there's certainly and bluegrass country or, or country rap. You know, there's certainly times out there where people can do it badly. Right. And that's uh, one of the hurdles for us is when we say we do bluegrass hip hop, people imagine us doing it badly. And <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, no, they really, yeah. They're like, what? In but the, that's part what, of like it, that is definitely the fundamental right. part of the vision is like 
trying to to look at the authenticity of both and the best of both worlds kind of thing and and the things that I like about both. Right. right? I don't have to take a hundred percent of each thing either. Yeah. Right. So there's I I'm looking at what I like about bluegrass and what I like about hip hop and and looking at how those layer over each other and following just that gut instinct of what I think it should sound like in order to feel like it's real. Right. So as far as for you, when you're making this stuff and when you're trying to like figure out what that nuanced space looks like, because and this gets to another question and I'll just throw both of them out there. Uh, the idea of having depth and scope of knowledge and awareness so that when you hear a certain break, you can go in your head and go, Souls of Mischief had a song, <laughs> yeah. you know, that was like the third song of side two of 93 till infinity. You know what I mean? That kind of thing. So like, when you try to find that nuance, like I, what? So when I'm when I'm writing, um, there's there's two things that I want specifically. Uh, I want it to, I want it to not only, it, like if it's a particular thing, like a particular topic or whatever. Not only do I want it to fit that topic, but I want it, for, I I want for there to be parts of what I've written to stick in your head. Right. I want you to be. I want it to really stay with you. Um. There are there are just certain songs and certain pieces and whatever that for me have just will stay with me forever. Right. And I wanted those are the kind of songs I want to write. So right. if I'm writing a when we did a you know, when we did Peaches, right. There are there's bits in that first verse that are a bunch of fruit references. Right. That you know, maybe the the, the first time you heard it, you kinda got it. Uh, there's a great Jay Live song called All of the Above, and he says, uh, whether it's the first time that you heard, the second time when you played, or the third when you finally understand. Right. That's the kind of records I'm trying to make. And, I, and so... So it's like the 22 twos thing with Jay-Z. Yeah, exactly. Right. I want, I want, it, I want <laughs> right. you to hear it and enjoy it. And then when you listen to it again, you're listening for something more. And then when you listen to it again, you're listening for something more. Um, I had one guy, one person so far, that's really caught... On the song Barn Burning. Mm-hmm. Yes. At the end of Barn Burning, I said, keeping it 449 and won't turn it up. Otherwise, the whole damn book will get burned up. Right. Fair 451. Thank you. And, like, mm-hmm. and I had one guy. One guy was like, oh, that's so dope. That's what, that's the, that's what I'm trying to do. And right. I want it to be able to, to, whatever we're doing, I want it to not only fit, but I want it to stick. Right. And, I, and so when we're, when we're creating... When we're doing new, when we're doing new songs, we just wrote a couple of new ones. Uh, you know, just finished a couple of new ones this week. Some new stuff that we're working on, and when when I'm done with it, I want to I want to be proud of, of proud to say it and proud to speak. Right. And I, so I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go ha- go half ass on it. Right. And so when it when oh, when those pieces come together, when my piece meshes with with the with the bluegrass piece and the musical piece. It's just going to work regardless. Right. So, you know, fast or slow, you know, the deepest, most depressing song or the, the hottest bang in this party joint. And not only is it going to work and fit the mode it's supposed to fit, but it's going to stick. Right. And so for you as a producer, thinking about the, the depth and scope of knowledge you have of both of, I guess I would say all three of these genres in some way because mm-hmm. I look at you know country folk bluegrass. Mm-hmm. I guess those are three, four. Yeah, sure, <laughs> country folk bluegrass, and then you've got this like hip hop thing. So mm-hmm. look at those four and going. All right, 
so like how deep does it go so like for me when i listen to country uh, country and hip-hop to me are like kissing cousins mm-hmm. so to to coin a country phrase mm-hmm. in the middle of this conversation yeah. so uh so i so i'll listen to something in hip-hop and i'm like oh yeah this reminds me of something from like porter wagner or something yeah. and i'll just be yeah, like porter wagner bang yeah wow. <laughs> right okay. I'll just, it'll just hit me i'm like oh yeah that's that's that or uh, here's something i'll go you know like to me every great female mc owes a debt of gratitude to dolly parton uh-huh. or loretta lynn i'll just be like yeah oh yeah no, loretta lynn's got those songs about how she will beat your right. ass right like uh yeah okay that's <laughs> yeah. Interesting yeah definitely it's like yeah. rated like rated x is one of those songs mm-hmm. where i'm like yeah oh, that, right. if, if you rapped that <laughs> it's a dope thematically conceptually it's a dope rap song mm-hmm. so okay so like when you hear something that you're working on and you hear or you hear say like the dobro play in the middle of like a live show because you're doing this live mm-hmm. recording we we're talking about earlier mm-hmm. so you hear the dobro player play something does it immediately make your mind go and make that like immediate turn left and you go all the way down the rabbit hole until you like <laughs> yeah. like because it's like for me it's always like like you're at a record store and you're picking yeah. through records and then all of a sudden the record that you were looking yeah. for emerges so does your brain do that when you hear well something? i mean there's it's a bit of a like a like a three-ring circus in a way of like bringing together the talented people right and kind of like giving them a framework to to do this collaboration yeah. and then letting them do their thing right and you know and they're going to do all kinds of stuff and right. i'm sure it's all cool but then and and a lot of it is is like okay cool 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 and then they'll do something and my mind will just be like hanging out like, <laughs> that is that is so tasty and it's like yeah. it just like right. hits me like That's right the thing. Right, place. right so what was the last time for each of you guys that you heard something and you went oh this reminds me of this, and I want to take it down this path mm-hmm. as a spiritual, inspirational, uh-huh. like. Yeah, I don't know, but I, I, I'm thinking about that rehearsal we had the other day when Landry started playing that one uh, Dobro lick. Yeah, yeah. oh, man. I know. Yep. So, so break it down. <laughs> this can't just be no, you're talking about the, the, the new one for the, uh, for, uh. Yeah. Was it on, on Affirmative? Or yeah. Something? Yeah, there's this, just this real. It, it's like a, essentially just a long sort of hum on the dobro mm-hmm. and it oh man it's beautiful and it's it, well man when you hear this it's gonna be yeah <laughs> i mean we were just we were like no, but what did it make you guys like think about like all thematically I we were, all i know is that we were like kind of working on okay well what's going to happen in the next section or whatever and so we were just kind of playing the progression for for the dobro and the banjo to like try out different things yeah. and landry starts doing this thing on the dobro with this kind of like high thing where she's sliding up to it right and our son and Dolio just looked at each other like, "Yo, that's yeah, the thing so right there." Hot. It was so <laughs> and hot. it's not. It's not about it. Like, I I wouldn't say that it's so much like you're describing of like a reference or like that. Yeah. Me, as much as it is like, it it finally it just hit the hole. Like, so it's just dope. Yeah. It just hit the it's nail on the dope. head, yeah. and it's what it's supposed to be right now. Okay, and cool. that's what's so it's exciting like, about it. All right, so you remember on uh, if you know lyrics to go. Right? Yes. The the mini represent sample. Yes, I have to imagine that when they were you know just, they're digging through records and they you know they're playing and they heard it and they heard the piano that that just a little boom 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 boom, boom. and then in the background you hear Minnie's voice right, which I didn't catch for years and then when I finally caught it I was listening to you know inside my life one day and I knew that the piano break was. And I was like, wait, 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 that, that's her voice. That whole thing, the whole yeah. time is her voice. Oh, my God. Right. And and you, you have to hope that they had that moment 
And then they, they sort of crafted the beat around that whole thing. Yeah. And, you know, in, in any of this, you have those moments, like when yeah. stuff is just happening. And and when she did, when she played that line, that it was one of those moments. Because me and, me and D looked at each other like, yo, that is so sick. And so you have that sort of, like 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 Rich was saying, you know, when you have that that musical moment, and you know that something dope's gonna come out of that. For me, lyrically, it's it's usually just a, a word, right? You know, I'll hear I'll hear somebody else spit a word, in and then it'll get stuck in my head. And so uh, my man Chops, uh, his crew, the Mountain Brothers, they had a, uh, in one of his joints. He said. Uh, Something going uh, back to the laboratory. And I was like, laboratory. All right. Laboratory. And, you know, I built a whole verse off of the word laboratory. Right. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, it can it can be anything. But when it's that thing, it's perfect. And you know it. And it, you, you can create greatness off of it. It's the best feeling in the world. Amazing. So for you, like, what is that feeling like when you're there and it's like the mm-hmm. thing happens? And Because, mm-hmm. I mean, this has happened for you probably like 75 times now. Mm-hmm. You guys are yeah. five albums in. Yeah. So there's that moment when it's like, oh, let's 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 go down the path. So do you have yeah. that path, that moment where you're you have to you're going down a mental record collection mm-hmm. and you go, oh yeah, <laughs> yes, it's it's moments for me because part of the inspiration of making this is that it's something that I kind of hear in my imagination and it doesn't exist yet, and that's why I have to make it right. Okay, and so and it's not like I hear. A particular specific thing it's just like i i have this feeling that i know it's supposed to be out there it's supposed to exist and the fact that it doesn't exist yet means i have to make it exist okay. and and then fill that in with what comes and so when people are playing and they and they hit that that right lick that's like that's what i was that's that's what i need to fill that space that is missing in the world yeah it's crazy so now keep in mind yeah. what he what he won't tell you is he did the same thing for my album that's coming out, right? He sent me this <laughs> he sent me this track that was about, you know, eight or nine minutes long, right? And there was this I mean, I'm hearing all the different instruments and stuff were going on. And there was just these little parts. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Yeah, I'm digging this, I'm digging it. And so when he sent back the finished beat, I, I like I knew exactly where he got I was like, Oh, that's the part uh, that I wanted. And it, oh man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yo. Because I sent him just a raw jam of me and a couple right. people laying yeah. down a thing. Bruh. And then it was a like a hip hop producer. I right. went through and I picked out this measure, yeah. that measure, right. that of measure, course. looped those. Bruh. Right. So <laughs> so I wanna dive into like the hardest question, which is you guys are gangster grass in the era of Donald Trump. Uh-huh. This has to be the most fascinating time. This is crazy time. <laughs> no, to like go on the road time. and to like, in theory, uh-huh. do what you do. Not even in practice, because in practice it is whatever it is. <laughs> but in theory, when it's like presented, and the world is the way that it is, I feel like things as presented resonate with the world in a certain way. And, you know, in the age of Obama, being gangster grass has a certain way of resonating and it opens up the thing and it's like a wide open space and it's like, oh my God, we can literally make anything because this is a brand new, wonderful day. (laughs) Every day, everybody comes in, you know, gay, straight, black, white, yellow, brown, purple, blue, red. We all come in and we're all welcome here. Then, one day, you wake up and it's like, boom, boom, boom. You guys are in the room. You know, the interesting thing though is that for us, it wasn't all of a sudden one day. 
right? Like we started doing this in a, in a world where I think we were a little bit like, yeah, like all this stuff is like open to these, that we're representing these wonderful possibilities that we're moving towards. Yeah. But I mean, we have the, we have the chance to go out and meet people all over the country. And part of what that exposes to a lot of great people, (laughs) but also how deep those divisions go. Right. You know, and, and, and talking to people and, and understanding how differently they see each other. Right. And, and, and so we started having the sense already, you know, a few years back, like right. we're trying to bridge something that, that is, that, that goes deep, that there are some real, some real divisions out there that we're, we're sort of coming into contact with and scratching the surface of. So I was definitely already feeling over the, over the previous few years, that change of thinking like, okay, this isn't just like us, like, you know, having fun with the world of possibility as much as it is like also trying to step into this wound and trying, you know, trying to represent some possibility of a solution to this like, you know, crazy, crazy separation that's happening. Right. And then, so for you coming to this from hip hop, there's a, yeah, one of the, one of the things that I've, that I, that I discovered, like, uh, we, I've seen more of this country in the last seven years with Gangsta Grass than I had my whole life. Right. You know what I mean? And, and so, so and some amazing parts of the country. Yeah, sure. some, some, some wonderful stuff and some beautiful people. And I, but I can't tell you how many, like, how many people have been, like, I've been the first black person they've ever spoken to. Okay. You know what I mean? Okay. And so I've been even, like the even, first, God, and, and God, like yeah. being like the, and which I, which I, I had been my whole life. You know yeah. what I mean? I, that's just, you know, right. just been my thing, whatever. <laughs> but you know, going into going into places in in you know the first time I went to Arkansas, and the first time I went to Nebraska, and the first time you know we went to a lot of these places, and people were like, you know, I never never sat in the same room with somebody black kind of <laughs> stuff, and I was like, wow, oh, all right, that's cool, and but and it, it, it's it's different here than it is on the other side of the world. We went to Germany and, you know, a uh, German kid was like, you know, just amazed by my hair. He was like, can I please? I'm like, go ahead, man. I don't care. Go <laughs> my dress, whatever. But, but for in, in America, it's, a, it's different because, you know, we're all right here. Right. And the fact that, you know, you've never encountered a, a, a black person in 2015 or whatever this was. Yeah. Is mind-boggling to me, but at the same time, it's like, all right, I get it. And so, let me let me just sit down with you, and we'll chat about some stuff that we have in common. We'll, and you know, we'll talk sports, we'll talk comic books. I'm a comic book dude. You know, I was going to say so, all the Superman. Oh yeah, all, all day, all day. Uh, so we'll talk. I'll talk comic books with you. I'll talk sports with you. I'll talk movies with you. Stuff that you know you know all about, and you've known about your whole life. And the only reason you didn't expect me to know it is because the only thing you know of me is, you know, the occasional NWA record (laughs) and, you know, whatever, you know, crime drama you were watching this week that had the, you know, the black guys, the uh, the, the bad guy. Right. All right. Well, you know, your, your perception is limited. So let me, let me be the guy that expands your, the parameters of your existence and let's sit and chat. Right. So then for people who come into this space where you guys are performing live and they know you musically, but they don't know your humanity. What is that? Like, what is like crossing that bridge look like for you? 
it's easy for me. Like I'm, I'm the same guy on record that I am, you know, sitting next to you. I'm not gonna, I'm never gonna tell you a story on on a record about you know how 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 much I ball or how lavish my life is. I'm gonna tell you about my my comic book collection, my kids, and how dope I am because that's really my whole existence. I'm I'm relatively dope. I I, I have wonderful, amazing kids. And I read comics. That's about it. So you're gonna you're gonna get that kind of stuff from me. But I'm gonna try and drop a little science on you about how, you know, a lot of what what you perceive as reality may not be. Right. So let me just throw a little bit of a little bit of my existence in there, so you can get a little bit of extra flavor in in, in your tea. And so when when people meet me, you you already know a lot about me from from right. the records. Yeah. And I'm not going to, you know, I'm not fronting for you. I'm right. not going to front for anybody. So I can give you all of that, that same, the same thing that you got from me on the record, you're going to get from me sitting next to you. Right. I feel like the shows while we're playing and the, and the whole event of a Gangster Grass show itself is really a, a personal interaction. I mean, who, what he is on stage and, and talking and freestyling and a lot of times going out into the crowd during his freestyle and stuff is like, it's right there. We're not playing arenas. Our Gangster Grass shows 99% of the time we're in a we're in a little club where we're right. standing right next to people, and uh, and we like to say we don't ju- we don't just do concerts we do parties. It's people coming together, and we're we're right there rocking with them. They're watching MCs and banjo players like trade solos and freestyles and stuff, and then you know we get them going, participating in everything. And as soon as the show's over, we're right there talking to people, hanging out, just getting to know whoever's around. Yeah. So what does that third way look like? for Gangsta Grass because I feel like we're at a place now where you know like to me like hip hop they say is like the most culturally relevant genre mm-hmm. to me the best selling pop genre now is country like you could say yeah hip hop and country have been the two right. top and genres for a long time and yeah. now we're trying to find because everything else is kind of like you know fading back somewhat and moving to the outskirts we're trying to find now that third way that exists between hip hop as a culture mm-hmm. And what country has existed as as a culture for most people in like the pop consciousness for a long time? What does that third way in the middle look like? Because well, I, like, I feel like because that's we're, the reason I wanted to have this conversation because yeah. I feel like too few people have not talked to people who have lived mm-hmm. this as a lifestyle. Yeah. Yeah, because that's what this all is. Like, right? I don't, like, I don't think of music, it really lifestyle. as like a, a separate new way that's like distinct from the others as much as it is. It's just it's overlapping, right? And that's the the role that we can play. I think a lot about what Arson was mentioning about letting people like get to know us. Uh, you know, even by hearing our music and hearing what we talk about and how we talk about it, and having somebody get their head bobbing to that. And and be like, and then in the middle of a song, be like, oh, this guy's talking about issues of clean drinking water, and you know, and I, that actually like kind of relates to my community too, or whatever it is that we're talking about. We're we're not doing what people might expect, and I think part of the important thing of being in part of that overlap, overlapping space is breaking those impressions that we have of who each other are, and being able to like being able to to show people i'm not what you've been shown right because that's what we're getting a a lot especially on places like facebook what gets shared a lot is the worst examples of anything you know so that's what i see because now from going around with gangster grass and making connections and friends and and working with people in all different kinds of parts of the country from all different 
political angles, my feed got a little bit more mixed. And I can see that, you know, on on the one side, some people, you know, they're getting shown like the worst examples of whatever they think liberals are or city people are, you know, and other people are showing the worst examples of what rednecks and, you know, they're doing out there and Trump supporters and everything. That's what gets passed around. It's like, oh, my God, like. Here's an example of this guy that did this terrible thing, right. and but it's used to represent a whole group, right? Yeah. You know, all the same, and and just trying to 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 connect with people and be like, look, that's that's not really representative. Like, there's so much more to this, and that that person is an asshole, right? <laughs> yeah, right. So yeah. an asshole's an asshole's an asshole. Yeah, right? yeah. That, yeah. What you're sharing right now is about this this asshole that did something, <laughs> but but you're you. You can't you can't just put it in the context of like this represents a whole movement or something, right? And we are uh, yeah. um, the the thing that that I think is most important is that you know of of the two worlds is is finding the best of it. You know, um, if you really want to want to involve yourself in some hip hop, find the best of it, right? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? You know, check out the new Fonte record. You know what I'm saying? The new Fonte record is great. It's amazing. <laughs> Jesus Christ, that dude. Yeah. My God. Yeah. You know, um, but, and then, you know, check out Don Flemings' stuff. Um, you know, it's not always the cat that's selling the most records, but the, it's, it's the, it's the folks that are, that are really putting the most of themselves into their records. Right. And so when you're, when you're, when you have people that are putting the most of themselves into their bluegrass and cats are putting the most of themselves into their hip hop, you know, then you create that third wave. You know, we got, excuse me, we got chances to, to work with uh, and to just meet some of the most you know, fantastic cats in the world. Cats that I came up listening to when we uh, did a couple of records with Smith and Wesson. Like for me, that was like life changing stuff, man. You know, to be on stage with Tech and Steel was like, <laughs> huh? And then you know, a few and they're rocking the gangster grass, which is yeah, even crazier. Yeah, and then a few years later, when we we were recording some later stuff, I had I brought my kids up, and they were they were we were all chilling out. In this, right. in this How session. old are your kids, by the way? Uh, my daughter's fourteen. My middle son is eleven. He'll be twelve in a month, and my baby boy is four. So that must be amazing for them to come up knowing that dad does this music. Yeah, right. It really is. Right. And so, like, they were in the studio, and. Like Smith and Weston were just the nicest dudes in the world to all my kids and my kids. <laughs> yeah. were like, I I was on the, we were doing a photo shoot and I'm on the phone with my daughter doing math homework right, with yeah. M1 from Dead Press. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like that that's the kind of stuff when when you reach out to the people that really really are about the 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 real heart of what they do and on where wherever it's from you're going to create just good good stuff. And I feel like, you know, that 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 third wave started with us. It started with because nobody nobody was doing what nobody was doing what this guy was doing. That's why I call him the mastermind. Because all of this came out of this one brain that for me, I'm I'm literally just a lucky dude that was that was hanging out and my man called me, he was like, Hey, you wanna try something cool? Sure, why not? And I've been all over the world because of it. Right, you know what I mean. I'm just a lucky dude that that happened to to fall in a place of at the beginning of this this glorious new movement, and you know, yeah. 
that that's where it's going to come from people like doing the best of what they do and and then putting all of that best together so final question because it relates to the fact that you guys have a show that you're going to be going to um the live record that you guys are working on right now Mm -hmm. uh what's the best track that we can expect on that record from each of you and why Hmm. best track um all for one live is a lot of fun yeah um, what is it? What is it about it? Um, well, we we have two versions. Is the the one on the album that uh, that's the original recipe? Yes, and then the the one for the for the live shows that's the extra crispy. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, Shout we, out to KFC. Yeah, right. Dolio mm-hmm. and I uh, we we both do different verses on that, and it just you know it. We sped it up a little too. Yeah, it's it's sped we up. Get, and we get the a, energy up there. Yeah, and, and it know. really like when you see you see the crowd getting into it. You'll be able to feel it on 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 the record. Like when you hear it on the live record, if you listen to it on the album, which is dope, listen to it on the live album when it comes out. It's it's a completely mm-hmm. different feeling. Mm-hmm. Cool. What about for yeah. you? Uh, I'm looking forward to to having um, keep talking uh, on it because uh, you know we've crafted a lot more dynamics to it that we can do sort of interacting. So what does and what building. does that exactly mean as far as it? Because uh-huh. for me, like dynamically country records are pop louder now uh-huh, and right. involve like less mm-hmm. instrumentation yeah so but this like- isn't so much about a pop thing as it is just sort of like like a live thing i mean whether it was jazz or a jam right. band or yeah i'm just like trying to, to get a like, sense what you mean we said like, on, on the record the because the records it, right. are done a lot more hip-hop production style so it's you know it's a loop and yeah. he's kind of kind of doing the, the same thing over it right and it goes a chorus and then goes cool. back to that cool. but when we're playing it live you know, like he's doing the chorus, and when that chorus ends, so bam, drop it down, and then the the banjo comes in with a little thing, and then I start doing more, and then the dobro brings in a louder lick, which makes the banjo start playing louder as cool. he's, and then he's going into the double time rap, <laughs> and that builds up, and then when we hit that chorus again, it's like boom, we're up another level, and so there's this whole build of energy that we have to it. Yeah, Amazing, it's, it's sick. Cool. It is really sick. So if people want to follow you guys, where would they follow you guys? Uh, you put Gangster Grass into the internet. That's where we're going to be at. Bam. I love it. <laughs> at Gangster Grass on everything. Cool. So that was great. That was space, fun. Black Planet. <laughs> Black Planet. Yeah, shout out to <laughs> Black Planet. Yeah, yeah, all that. Yeah. Beautiful. Well, thanks, guys. Yeah. I appreciate your time and everything. No doubt, man. Thank, Thank you. you. No doubt. Yeah, chunky glasses. Chunky glasses. Check them out. Big thanks again to our son and, and Wrench. Uh, I heard the show was great. I could not make it out because I had uh, some other stuff, but I uh, heard the show was great. They've been selling out shows pretty much everywhere. They're touring everywhere. We're going to have our uh, up on the page is the tour dates. Um, like I said, I want to play a little track at the end to give you an idea. Uh, if you didn't, if you weren't necessarily familiar with these guys' music, like now you're familiar with them. So this is sort of the reverse, but this is a good way to do it because you heard them talk about their art. You understand they're passionate about their art. You understand where they're coming from. And so now I'm going to hit you with their art. Uh, this is a, off their album, American Music. It's a track called Barn Burning. Uh, so so, uh, so uh, dig it, man.
prepared as soon as you hit the playback. We got to ignite every one of these haystacks. If you ain't ready for you should make tracks. Peace to beat rock, no time to bake jacks. If that heart's yellow, we gon' make it heart fellow. Cowards get roasted in the fire like marshmallows. I'm the shark in the shallowest part of the water where you thought it was safe, but there ain't no escape. The fire banner that's creating a blaze from the pages of the journal and making an inferno. You're a sterno in comparison. I spit open metal. My train seemed punk rappers over the trestle. Try to wrestle with this only in your dreams. Giving sunburns and fevers out, raising your degrees. Keeping it four, four, nine. It won't turn it up. Otherwise, the whole damn book will get burned up. Cause for me to turn down So get ready when you hear we about to come round Now, feel the rhythm in your backbone You ain't shaking what you're coming in the shack mode Act mode like you wanna party when the track on I'ma give it to your full product when attack mode Satch mode when I'm on this thing Spit flame that I burn the whole Dak Gurn stage When I wrote him in it burn through the Dak Gurn pain Now you're playing me, yeah, like it's a Dak Gurn game Campaign, now we move with our hands up Seems like the whole world is against us Seek the truth, that's a rule that you can't trust Seeing how we do, move smooth like a panther burning from gangster grass that track is uh as the kids say dope as fuck i really dig that and um the video is even better they are uh sending a band to mars and you know with the space force that is coming uh coming soon uh, i think uh, we might be good if we're going to represent ourselves out in the universe might be best to send our musician musicians they are some of the best people that is it for our podcast this Monday. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe to us on iTunes. Apple Podcasts, I think it is. Yeah. Yeah, it's Apple Podcasts. Uh, you can leave us a rating or message there, or you can just email us directly at podcast at chunkyglasses.com. 
and that will come right to me with any feedback, suggestions, or if you want to be on the show. You know, if you're in the D.C. area and you want to talk about music, uh, hit me up there, and we'll see what we can do. I have really just one requirement, uh, and that is that you are not crazy and are going to kill us. So I guess that's two, but uh, you get you get the gist. Uh, you can also listen to us on Google Play, Mixcloud, Stitcher, Spotify. Um, we're on Spotify thanks to our good friends at Pippa.io. They host our podcast and have done so for now over a year, maybe a year and a half. Here's the gist. If you have a good idea for a podcast, you've got the gear because they aren't going to supply it. But you got the gear, you got your mics, you got your thoughts in place, and you put it all together. And like, how do I get it out there? Well, go to Pippa.io and uh, give them a few bucks because you got to pay to use it. And uh, they're going to get you on every service that you could possibly imagine. And it's rad, and you can see stats, you can see all the people who love your ideas that are out there, and uh, and, the, and the world becomes a better place, because we're all talking. So, Pip.io, and last but not least, Jamal Gray, uh, Aquatic Gardener, you hear that music underneath right now, that is his, he came out on Bandcamp about a year and a half ago. Uh, he, he graciously let us use it, but he is, you know, with bands like Nag Champa, with bands like like Reaganomics and his work with the Uptown Art House. He has a force of culture here in Washington, D.C., so look it up, because uh, he's going to be international soon. And, um, yeah, so big thanks to him. That is it. We are out of here. Coming back on Thursday. Uh, nerds need only apply. We're talking about Neil Diamond. This came out of nowhere, I think. It didn't come out of nowhere. He announced he was retired from touring. Uh, but... Uh, it kind of came out of nowhere, and uh, man, am I glad we did it. But it's amazing time with me. Uh, Marcus is going to be back for that, and then Marcus is going to be back for that, and then Andrew Wright from Blake is going to be here. So stay safe for the next few days. Tune in on Thursday. We'll be back in a few short days. Until then, be good to your ears, but be better to your people. Talk to you soon. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Kenobi!